Whenever you play in the sandbox, I take all the sand you touch and keep it in a little jar beside my bed. Is that an alien I see before me? Or are you just an invader of my mind? Welcome to Avant Bard, a podcast where two theater nerds explore the highest highs and the lowest lows of works inspired by that upstart crow himself, Creek William Shakespeare. Is that your we're sneaking back into their feed sound? We're coming up from beneath the ground back into your RSS feeds. My name is Megan Charlo, and I use she/her pronouns. And my name is Matthew James Marquez, and I use he/him pronouns. And today we are going to be discussing season twelve, episode one B of Arthur, titled "Never, Never, Never," as well as season thirteen, episode four A of Arthur, titled "McFrensky," which are episodes based on the plays King Lear and Macbeth, respectively. Never 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 aired on October 6, 2008, and was written by Diedrich Smith and storyboarded by Jerry Capel. And McFrensky aired October 15, 2009, and was written by Jonathan Greenberg and storyboarded by Michael Carbonneau and Stéphanie Guignard. They were French. I, I looked them up. Okay. I just thought it would give it a little French twist, Megan. <laughs> For those not in the know, Arthur is a children's educational television series that airs on PBS and was developed by PBS and WGBH based on the children books written by Arthur Mark Brown about an anthropomorphic aardvark kid living his life in Elmwood City. A little behind-the-scenes information, Mark Brown originally didn't want to make the show because he hated TV, but when he learned that the show would promote reading, he signed on. It rarely does this, Megan. Yeah. It did at one point in time, but it usually doesn't. Arthur is the longest-running children's animated series, as well as the second-longest animated series after Megan. Which series? Simpsons? Correct. Hell yeah. Arthur is a slice-of-life show that takes real-world concepts such as cancer, autism, asthma, diabetes, and gay marriage, and translates them for children for better understanding. Arthur aired in 15-minute half episodes, and we watched two of those today. It also has a large cast of supporting characters besides our aardvark friend Arthur, and it has run for 25 seasons. Sadly, it was announced this year that Arthur would be ending its run on PBS. Wait, are you saying that outside of this podcast, I'll never have a chance to see an episode of Arthur probably in my life before it's done airing? Oh, I'm sure that if you come across PBS, they'll just be playing old episodes of Arthur. Yeah, but I'm uh, almost 30 and I've still never seen it besides these two half episodes. So you just you just never grew up with Arthur. What were you doing? Uh, okay, so I did recently find a drawing that I did where I drew Arthur, and he had a very long nose. Did he have a long nose in the books? Yes, he had a long nose in the books. So Megan. I think I read at least one of the books as a kid. Okay. And I drew Arthur, 
And then I looked at that as an adult and I went, that is not Arthur. But what? now I've confirmed with you. Yeah, it's man. book Arthur. No, but man, what were you watching at this age? What age? Baby. Like eight to 11 or eight to 11, six, six to 11, six to 11. My brother was 16 to 21. So I was watching 16 to 21 year old stuff. Can I was you... watching like Buffy the Vampire Slayer on my own time. And then like Homestar Runner Dogma things that <laughs> Homestar Runner Dogma, those you know, two. kids shows. Yep. Well, Megan, as for me, I was a huge Arthur kid. I loved the show. I had the CD that was released with songs from Arthur. I had that for Winnie the Pooh on cassette. Ooh, I had a CD. It was called Arthur's Very Awesome Mixtape or something like that. What? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, they had songs about how having fun isn't hard when you got a library card. So Arthur and Shakespeare, two great tastes that taste great together. Yeah, so talking about kids' shows, King Lear is about an old man who decides to give his kingdom away and divides it among his daughters, depending on how much they say they love him. Of course, the best daughter, according to morality, says nothing. And he gives it to the other two daughters who turn on him. And then he starts, you know, going mad. And everyone's like, dude, you shouldn't have done that. You need to find Cordelia and apologize. And he's like, no, 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 I'm a sinner. I'm the worst. And then uh, a lot of people die. There's a lot of murder. Yeah, what's the death count? That's like above five, right? It's above five. Yeah, um, I don't think Arthur's death count is above five. And then he does reconcile with Cordelia, and then she's killed, and then he dies. So I can't wait to see that happen on Arthur. <laughs> it will. Meanwhile, Macbeth is about a guy who finds out that he's supposed to be king according to the fortune told by some witches. And so uh, he kills the king. Yeah. And then he kills other people and then he starts feeling guilty about it but man he's gone too far so he's just got to keep killing everybody and his wife she just there's so much blood on her hands she she can't get rid of it so she dies and then he dies so i cannot wait to see this happen in arthur yeah it's going to happen megan arthur will die okay before we get started i want to say something Arthur isn't the lead character in either of these episodes. Megan, it's a large cast of characters. Yeah, but I figured Arthur would be, like, as told by Ginger, it doesn't have that many people. It just seems like... Think of another one. Well, the problem is that it's named after him. Yes. Like... That's fair. My Life as a Teenage Robot is about XJ9's life as a teenage robot every episode. Kim Possible, she's the lead in every episode. It's Kim Possible, that's her name. But Arthur... He's like barely in the Macbeth one. Yeah. Okay, let's get into it. All right, you ready? You have stumbled across something that is very true, which is as the show goes on. I was so ready to write Arthur's name a lot. And then they were like, no, it's (laughs) some chick you don't know. And then I went, I'm going to guess her name's Muffy. Yeah, you're correct. And I was right. And I'm super proud. And then there was a guy and they kept saying Alan and then everyone else kept saying Brain. And I have no idea what his name actually is. Well, his name is Alan, but only his parents and Mr. Ratburn call him that. And everyone calls him the Brain because he's smart. Okay. 
I got really confused, though. It was pretty rude of them, considering they should have known I've never seen this show. Yeah, they should have looked into the camera and said, for anyone... For anyone watching season 13 who's never seen the show before, Alan's nickname's Brain. Okay, let's actually get into it. I'm off my tangent. All right, first episode. Never, never, never. Roll the film. Oh, also, no acting corner, because... Each of these voice actors has pretty similar. They do PBS. Yeah. And this like, is what I'm guessing it says. They do PBS and maybe one other show. And listen, Arthur's gone on for 25 years. And most of these people have been voicing the same characters for that long. Hey, if you can get a gig like that. Although PBS probably doesn't pay that much. So like, hey, good for them. Megan, their salary is brought to you by viewers like you. Really? Or are you just saying that because that's what PBS says about everything? Yeah, PBS says, this show is brought to you by viewers like you. Thank you. So never, never, never. This is our Lear episode. We open up on a prologue. It's a little puppet show that DW is putting on for her other stuffed animals, which... One is kind of weird because she has her hand up a bunch of stuffed animals and then other stuffed animals have to watch that. DW is Arthur's bratty little sister. Oh, yeah. Uh, I figured everyone else in the world knew that. I'm providing context for those who have (laughs) not seen it. Yeah, no, that's good. She's presenting a play about love, and there's a bunch of different kinds of love. Relationships, friendship, family. And for a brief second, they were all like, all the family members were on her fingers as little finger puppets. And they were like, I love you so much. I love you so much. Goo goo gaga. I'm a baby. Ruff ruff. I'm the dog. And then Arthur says nothing. And I was like, whoa, are we already into it? Is it just like King Lear where we're starting right away? No preamble. And he's just going to say, I have nothing to say. But then she says, Arthur. And he says, I love you, DW. He says it in a dopey voice because she's a bratty little sister. DW is Arthur's bratty little sister. It threw me for a loop. I thought they were getting into it. But this is just a preamble. And we find out that the last kind of love in the world, there's only these few, is grandparents. And it's the best one because you get the most presents from it. I would like to say, Megan, starting off, I kind of agree that King Lear is a play about love. Yeah. Like, I think that that's... Misguided. Yes. Like, that's the point is, like, everything would not have happened if Lear just, like, knew Cordelia loved him. Yes. Without her having to proclaim it. That's why I think that right off the bat, I'm like, I think that... That's that's pretty good. That's a little clever. Also, like, Kent loves Lear. Kent follows Lear into being exiled, basically. That's friendship love. That's friendship love. Yeah. And the fool really loves their job. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure, Megan. Uh, Anyway, preamble's over because Grandma's here. Yeah, and she brought a present. It's a teddy bear. But uh uh-oh, DW has so many toys already that she's got no place for them. At this point, I'm going, where the hell is King Lear in this? Because I'm a little slow today. (laughs) Well, Megan, the amount of toys represents... The amount of land that Lear doesn't want to manage in his old age. Yes. Except it's not her choice to get rid of the toys. No, it's England's choice. Her mother. Okay, and Mother England says, you need to donate some of these to charity, which no one ever said to Lear. Or maybe her mom is time. Yeah, that's it. Or death. Mom, looming threat of death, comes in and says, you gotta get rid of some of these. And she goes, what? But I love literally every single one. 
And I know she's supposed to be a brat, but I've never connected more with someone when it comes to getting rid of anything from my childhood. Yeah, that's fair. In my mind, you don't have many things from your child. Not as much as that, Megan. That's true. I have a few things at my mom's place that are really old stuffed animals of mine, and then I have a few here. But I do usually get rid of things as years go, and I just get new shit. Yeah. Anyway, she is a brat because she turns to her mom and she's like, you never, 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 never let me have what I want. And you never, never, never love me as much as grandma does. And I go, okay, grandma's the favorite. Grandma's Cordelia. No, that's not it. Grandma's just the youth of kinghood. She does use DW here. Five nevers for each time she does it, which is the amount that King Lear says (laughs) when he brings Cordelia's body... Like This episode rules. You like kind of want it to be a coincidence, but it can't be. It's no, not. It's, it's not. Why else would you put five? Yes. I think that's great. Good job, PBS. You've read some books. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, DW finally agrees. She says, fine, but I'm going to give my toys to someone who really loves me instead of someone who could, you know, use the toys and maybe doesn't have money. Whatever. So she goes to recess at her preschool. She makes a proclamation, a royal proclamation, that anyone who says that they love her can have some of her toys. And she's giving away all of her toys. Everything. Not just all the old ones, like her mom said. There's like five kids at this recess. The end. Yeah. And so we meet Timmy and Tommy Tibble. Tibbled? No, Tibble. And Tommy says, I love you even more than I love Timmy and Grandma and my PowerBots video games. That's a lot. That's a lot for a child. But then Timmy says that he loves her even more than Tommy does. Which itself is a complete reference to what happens in Lear. Goneril says, I love you more than words can wield the matter. And then Regan's just like, "Uh, I love you even more than that. Ditto, ditto, plus. I want a tattoo that just says ditto, ditto, plus. (laughs) And he says that creepy line I said at the beginning about taking the sand she touches and keeping it forever. I had to pause the episode because that is a wild statement. At least E.W. says it's weird, but she's like, still pretty good, though. Her best friend, Emily, who we found out about in the prologue and probably from 13 seasons of episodes beforehand. Yeah. She doesn't want to play this game. Yeah. She's like, this is silly. I don't want to say it. I don't want to do this. DW's crushed. But I also want to bring up, there's another chick next to Emily who also doesn't play the game, but we don't care about her, I guess. Yeah, we don't care about her. I don't know her name. She's never brought up again. DW tells Emily, you're just like my mom. You don't really love me. Meanwhile, Timmy and Tommy are like kissing her arms. Yep. And so they're going to get all her toys this Saturday. I would like to state one thing. Yeah. It's funny because Emily is a character who is associated in the series of Arthur with France. Huh. Cordelia is associated yeah. with France, too. She goes to France. I, I don't know. And so, okay, let's just clear this. I think Arthur's Kent, right? Arthur is definitely Arthur's Kent. Arthur's Kent, and DW comes back home, and Arthur's like, you've done some weird things, but this is the worst thing, like, ever. I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah. What's mom gonna say? And DW thinks that Her mom's going to be like, oh, I'm sorry I made you get rid of all the toys. I'm going to buy you new ones because that's what kids think. 
I mean, kids are the same people who are like, if I was in a coma, you'd be so sad. Yes. So she shows her mom. And her mom's just like, uh, yeah, I never told you that you had to give away like all your toys. I said some of the old ones you haven't touched in years. Which, which I believe is a point in Lear, is that Lear is giving up all of his titles and all of his rights as king. And it's like, you could have retained some of those. Well, yeah, like the fool is basically just like, well, you gave, gave away everything. everything. So you have nothing. You shouldn't you sh- have done You could have kept a house on your back. Yes. So DW is in shock because she was not offered new toys and she starts imagining her stuffed animals and they're all gone. And then some weird imaginary fairy plushy something named Nadine. Yeah. So Megan, Nadine is just DW's imaginary friend. Okay. She's not a plushie. She's just an imaginary friend who has existed before. Yes. And she is the fool in this episode. Correct. And she's just like. Knock, knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Aren't you glad you know who really loves you? And DW's like, you're right. I'm just going to go to Timmy and Tommy and ask to play with the toys because they love me. A.K.A. Lear saying, so cool. I'm going to go spend the night slash month with my daughters, with my daughters who I gave all this stuff to. But when she arrives, Timmy and Tommy are destroying her toys, playing a game called Ambush. Yep. And she's like, no. You you love me, don't you? And they're like, yeah, but we also love battles. And they're throwing mud at the toys. Absolutely destroying them. And she's like, stop, or you can't play with my toys anymore. And they say, um, those aren't your toys anymore. You gave them to us. Remember, you old man who's starting to forget things? No takesy backsies. <gasps> and Emily comes up like, hey, let me comfort you. And DW's like, you don't even care. I'm leaving. Emily's so sad. Cordelia can't do anything. She sees all this happen. She's just like, I gotta go France. And so DW goes crying to Arthur. And Arthur tells her the best advice, which is just tell mom and dad. And DW's like, no, can you help me? And Arthur's like, I gotta study for a test. Kent's got homework. Ken's got homework, and DW's like, well, I guess you don't love me either. Which, I gotta say, I love this because old men are kinda like babies. Well, yeah, and when Ken's like, Lear, what are you doing? You have should, reason. Yeah, have reason. Go apologize to Cordelia, bring her back. Lear's like, you're a traitor too. I hate you. And then Nadine pops in and does another knock-knock, and she says, Yuri, y- you're really on your own now. I'm gonna be real with you, Megan. Yeah. It's kind of ominous. Yeah. Because she like disappears like as soon like, as she's Like I'm not even it. here for you either. The fool disappears halfway through. And uh-oh, Megan. Storm's a-brewing. There's going to be something going on soon. Ooh. And DW goes to Tommy and Timmy's house and she's like, can I just have a couple of my toys back since you love me? And they go, yeah, of course. Come in the back. We've shot them all. Not really. They're just really dirty. (laughs) We've shot them all. See, she's acting like they're destroyed, but really they just got some dirt on them. Like mom could clean those. Just take them. But anyway, she finds some that aren't messy and she's like, yeah, these ones. And Timmy and Tommy are like, no, not those though, because they're ours because you gave them to us. I mean, listen, they're right. It's true. Like, I don't want the clean toys. And then the storm breaks. Oh, is here. 
She's outside. She's sad. She's alone. She's got none of her toys. And it's pouring rain. She does the monologue, Megan. It's much shorter, but yes, she does. I just think that there's something very interesting when you boil down a Shakespearean monologue to its base essence. Man, we will talk about that in Slings and Arrows with the kids play. Yeah, because it's just like, go ahead and blow wind. Rain on me all you want. I know I did a bad thing, and I just don't care. The thing is, Lear doesn't not care. He's just like, I'm past forgiveness. Which is similar, but very different. Yeah. And then Kent comes to save Lear in the storm. And by that, I mean Arthur shows up to pick up DW and he has an umbrella. Yeah, it's so nice. And he's like, please go into this hole where you you can stay warm and have shelter. And DW's like, man, pray for the people who don't have toys. Yeah, it's weird that she does a prayer in the middle of a public broadcast television episode to the less fortunate and then nadine's like and i'm gonna sleep until noon or whatever the line is and then is never seen again yeah unless of course in certain adaptations they show that nadine was hung because later dw says my imaginary friend was hung anyway she's like thank you so much you're the greatest I'm so sad. I don't have any toys. And Arthur's just like, let me see about that. I'm going to have a talking with Timmy and Tommy. And this is where Arthur transforms from Kent to Gloucester. I think it's interesting that we don't hear what they say and we just hear like a fight going on inside. And then instead of his eyes being plucked out, his glasses are broken. But he's got some of those clean toys. Yeah. Oh, sorry, but while he's in there, Nadine the Fool shows up one more time, being like, knock, knock, no, but actually knock on the door and help Arthur out. Which she doesn't? No, neither does Lear. That's fair. But DW learns an important lesson, which is the fact that Arthur was willing to do this, despite no benefit on his end, is in fact what love is. And Nadine also tells her, hey, love goes both ways. If people show you love, if you love them, you should show them back. So DW's apologetic and is like, thank you so much for getting my toys. Your glasses are broken. I'm going to buy you new glasses. But it's too late. Emily is dead. (laughs) She was too late to save her. They go rushing off after her, but... GW has to carry Emily. No, in her no, arms. but actually, what happens is Arthur's like, glasses are really expensive. And she goes, I'll make the money somehow. And she sells her toys. That apparently she got all of her toys back. I don't understand this. Because suddenly Megan. she has a bunch of toys to sell. So Lear, you know, sells his land to uh, the people, the free people <laughs> of England. And Cordelia is all better. And then she's like, Mom, I'm going to buy you a present too, since I got Gloucester's eyes back. Or I'm going to get him his eyes back. And she's like, you don't need to prove that you love me. I know you do. And then Emily waves because Cordelia isn't dead. And DW's like, hey, I'm so sorry. Here's a doll. You can just have it. And then Emily does die. You know, you think that we're going to make it out of this play with everything being happy. But just like the son from Ron getting shot in the arrow all of a sudden. An arrow shoots Emily in the back. Yeah. Arrowed! I'm going to be honest with you guys. That doesn't happen. I'm really sorry for us pulling this brilliant ruse on you. 
But Emily survives and DW promises to never, 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 never ask anyone to do anything again like that. Just like Lear, because he dies. So he will never, 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 (laughs) never, never ask anyone to do something like that again. And then the outro is about cool dances around the world. And that has nothing to do with King Lear. Yeah. The fool, I guess, could do a little dance sometimes. Some people have adaptations where Lear dances with Cordelia before they die. But, you know, it's not in the script. So the second episode is McFrensky. What's this based off of, Megan? Macbeth. Oh. That's why the name is similar. I thought it was Othello. Who's Frensky? Oh, Francine's last name is Frensky. Okay, thank you. The whole episode, I was just like, I don't know who Frensky is. That's fair, because they never say her last name in the episode. No. We get a prologue. Why isn't it McBrain? That fits so much better. They should just have it be Brain. So, there's a prologue. They're at a fair, and they are Muffy and Francine. Yes. And Muffy is a rich asshole. And Francine is fine with it. She's complicit. (laughs) Yes. And Muffy's like, you gotta get your fortune told by this fortune teller. And of course, the fortune teller Uh, is- This is Prunella. She is also another minor character. She's into books and fortune telling. That tracks. But she's not good at fortune telling. She does the thing where she looks around the room and says words that she sees. Like she'd say right now, soundboards. Microphone. Microphone. And we'd go, wow, what does that mean? So anyway, she says she sees something untimely in her future. And then it's like, oh, an untimely meeting with a stranger. And I just want to say, untimely is negative. Yeah. That's always negative. Yes. Why did they choose the word untimely? Prunella also sees that they have hot dogs and says, a lunch with a stranger. Like, that's a good uh, fix, because saying you have an untimely meeting with a stranger sounds like, well, you're going to get kidnapped soon. Yes. But anyway, Buster and Arthur come in, and Muffy's like, see, they're strangers, but no, they're just strange. (laughs) So they're going to have lunch with them, but Buster's just strange. He's not a stranger. It, It does make sense, Megan. Buster is the alien conspiracy character. Oh, he he thinks that everything has to do with aliens. Okay, that explains the robot. Buster is Arthur's best friend. That I could tell because they are literally always next to each other if Arthur's not at home. Yeah, and he is a weirdo. So anyway, Francine's in the lead for student of the month. Okay, first off, I gotta state this. This is not in character with Francine. She is not a... She's complicit in the bourgeoisie, isn't she? (laughs) Well, yes, Megan, but also Francine is just the sporty tomboy who's kind of a bully. Yeah, so her thing apparently is she's super helping out the softball team or something. Yeah, the second graders. The second graders, the little kids. And yeah, so like she's sporty and it's a sports thing, but why would she spend her time doing that when she could be going to the mall with Muffy? Well, Mr. Ratburn reveals, he's the teacher, he's a rat. He's He's gay. gay. He reveals that the best prize is available for the winner of Student of the Month, which of course is lunch with local weatherman Thunder McDuff. So I'm kind of disappointed that they named someone McDuff who is not the McDuff character. Absolutely just has nothing to do with anything. Spoiler alert, Megan, we never meet Thunder McDuff. No, also, what kind of award is that? 
Is this a meteorology class? No, it's just a fourth grade class, Megan. Are you sure? Because that's the only time that prize makes sense. Well, Mr. Ratburn is, in fact, a terrible teacher. Well, no, he's a good teacher, but he assigns, like, really difficult assignments for his fourth grade class. Also, he likes puppets. It's because he's gay. Yeah. So, Muffy and Francine are like, oh my god. That Oh, sorry. And the, the winner gets to bring a friend. Yeah. So, Muffy and Francine are like, oh my god, that's it. That's the fortune. We win. We're going to get that. I mean, Francine is in the lead already, which I think is where this kind of falls. Because... Mac- well, she's in line for the throne. See? Yeah, okay. but I'm like, Macbeth is not in line for the throne. Well, Megan, Mr. Rapper lists off Francine's accomplishments. She helped the second graders learn softball, and she cut the Norwegian leader from (laughs) neck to nape in single combat. That is true. How could I forget? Mr. Rapper's like, that's 20 points. But then Alan the Brain comes in, and he's like, I'm so sorry I'm late. And Rapper's like, nah, 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 you're going to lose points. And he goes, but I actually destroyed the Norwegian from neck to nape. Uh, So what he actually says is, I helped a woman change her tire, returned a lost wallet I found to the lost and found, and I completed my school project 10 days early. Never mind, he's the king. So he'd be like, actually, I'm the king. And Mr. Rapper just goes, ah, yes, you're winning now. But anyway, he says all these things he did, which seems ridiculous for the amount of time he had. Also, how can he change a tire? He's in fourth grade. He's the brain. So he's winning now. Megan, tires are heavy. Yeah. I do not believe that he helped someone. He could be doing the Christmas story thing where he just holds the little rim and she puts the nuts and stuff into it and he just holds it for her. That's fair. That's probably what happened. But also, these are things that you can easily lie about. So Francine's like, dang it, I'm going to lose now. And Muffy goes, no. It's not fair that he would swoop in and take this from under your nose. It looks like Buster really loves that toy of his. Why don't we plant it in Alan the Brain's backpack and make everyone think he stole? Why don't we sneak into his room at night and murder him? The toy does look pretty cool. I would yeah. love, I want this toy. It's magnetic and it talks and it sprays goo. And it has a grappling hook. And it's got lights and sounds. Anyway, Francine's like, I don't like this idea. This is a bad idea. And then Muffy's like, no, it's so unfair. You were winning. Francine's like, you know what? You're right. That's obviously how it works. Not based on what you do, but who got there first. And so Francine goes to steal it. And uh uh-oh, we learn it suddenly sprays goo, which I mentioned before. And it sprays green goo all over her shirt and hands. Uh Uh-oh. Francine's stealth score must be through the roof. They're (laughs) holding the controller like in the air in class and no one notices. She gets into his locker, which I don't know how. There's no locks. They're children. She gets into his locker, steals the toy, goes into a completely full classroom. Somehow gets it in Alan's backpack. And activates it with the controller at the desk. Yes, with the controller in the air visible where a teacher would be like, Stop playing with toys. Yeah. But instead, the teacher goes, well, it's that sound. And Alan pulls out the robot and Buster goes, you stole my robot. Even though you were with me the whole time and I put it away and you walked away from my locker before I did. And the brain, Alan, Alan brain, Megan keeps saying Alan. I keep saying Alan the brain because I knew that the teacher was telling the truth. I wasn't sure who the brain was, but I knew that kid was Alan. That's for sure. That's fair. So 
the teacher goes, Alan, that's points deducted for interrupting class and more points for stealing a toy. We're not going to punish you anymore. You already can't have lunch with a weatherman. That's enough punishment. And since today's the final day, Francine wins. She's king. And then Muffy, like, does the wrestler victory thing and grabs Francine's hand and puts it in the air. The goose still on it. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. And Francine feels bad because she doesn't deserve it. But Muffy doesn't care. Muffy's like, we're not going to get caught. Go back to the witches. I mean, fortune teller. The fortune teller will know if we're going to get caught or not. And Prunella tells them in another completely BS prediction that Francine will remain student of the month until the moon is blotted out in one swallow. And obviously, Burnhamwood can't come to Dunsinane. It's a forest. They're not Ents. Yeah. In other words, the moon's too big. You can't swallow it in one swallow. So it's never going to happen. So says Muffy. Yes. So the next day, Arthur and Buster go up to Francine and tell her, I think that they're like, what are the two guys? The two other dudes. Well, so the thing is, with how this is, I think they're actually Banquo and Fleance. Okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I think they just said that both the Macbeths went to the witches together. Okay, that makes sense. So Banquo and Fleance come up and they're like, hey... Arthur and Buster. Well, yeah. Uh, They're like, hi, we're actually Arthur and Buster. And we think what happened is unfair. And we think that Alan was framed. And Francine's like, what? What? And they're like, can you help us? And she sees behind them the robot toy looming. And he's like, tell the truth, Francine. And she says, is this an alien invader I see before me? It's the dagger thing from Macbeth. Yeah, except... He sees it before he commits the crime instead of after. Macbeth, the only time he envisions a person is after he kills Banquo. Yeah. But robot's not Banquo. Mm -hmm. But it's fine. It still kind of happens in the play, so we're accepting it. Francine goes to Muffy and goes, Buster and Arthur know we're going to get freaking caught. We've got to kill them. And Muffy goes, yeah, we're going to kill them. By making it seem like they can't be trusted, so no one listens to them. We're going to have it look like they were caught cheating on a spelling test. And Francine's like, no, we can't keep doing this. And Muffy's like, to return would to be as tedious as Gar. She actually says we can't turn back now, but that's the line that they're referencing. And she's like, this will be the last time. I promise, I promise, I promise. (gasps) I want to state this right here, right now. Yeah. I think it's interesting what aspects of Francine and Muffy are of Mackers and Lady Mackers. Yeah, the whole time I was like, wait, so which one's Macbeth and which one's Lady Macbeth? Because they They are both. They're both both. Yes, because I think as the time goes on, Muffy turns more into Macbeth later in the play and Francine becomes Lady Macbeth. Yeah. Later in the play, like, I think they kind of, like, switch roles after they commit the crime. I think really the only thing that keeps Francine from being Lady Macbeth fully is that she's the one that's up for something. She loses most if they're caught. And she's the one who carries out the actions. But that's kind of bullshit. Muffy should be taking part. Multiple times during this episode, Muffy says, 
You're going to get you caught. Did. You did this. Yeah. Oh, it's... And Francine has to remind her, like, we did this. This was us together. Francine is covered in the goo and can't get it out and is like, out darn spot. And then the robot's like, that ink will never come out, Francine. It's not of this world. It was a nightmare. And she slept walk and went to the sink and started washing her hands and was screaming. Yeah. That's very Lady Macbeth in every single way. Yeah. Muffy called a doctor and was like, you gotta get her out of this sickness. Instead, Muffy says, I mean, I don't like it either, but this has to be done. You gotta do it. Way to not care about your Shakespearean spouse. So it's the next day. Muffy has created cheat sheets for Francine to hide under Buster and Arthur's desk. I think there's two of them and two cheat sheets, so they should be splitting up the task, but fine. Muffy, meanwhile, goes to lunch and Buster and Arthur are talking about how they think that somebody framed Brain... And Muffy's like, oh, who, me? No, of course not. I don't think anything happened. Murder? What are you talking about? You murdered someone. It's the scene of Macbeth where they're like, so someone killed the king. And Macbeth goes, I killed those guys. Huh? Huh? And Buster takes out a moon cake. And he goes, this is my favorite snack, a moon cake. And Arthur goes, a moon cake is so large. You, you can't eat it in one bite. And Buster goes, my moon cake, time to eat it. Moon cakes are based on moon pies. But, uh, yeah. But I want a moon pie now, Megan, after I, watching that episode. Yes. But Muffy freaks out and is just like, what? You ate the moon in one swallow and runs up to Francine. It's like, they know. They know you have to kill them now. And by kill them, I mean, make sure that they don't get caught with the sheets. But there's no time. It's time for class. They don't have time to get in there and get rid of the cheat sheets. No. So they're taking the spelling test. And one of the words is criminal. Like someone who does criminal acts like murdering the king and hiding cheat sheets under Arthur and Buster's desks. Same thing, Megan. <laughs> if you steal your friend's toy and frame another friend for it, horses eat each other. <laughs> So Mr. Ratburn goes up to Buster and is like, that's a cheat sheet. You're a cheater. And Buster goes, what? It's not what it looks like sort of thing. But I'm like, you should have just been like, I did not put that there. But he sounds really suspicious. But Francine, again, sees the robot and is like, but I murdered you. But no, says, I need to tell you something, Mr. Ratburn. And then we assume that she tells him she tells him everything. And he does say, truth will out, as the bard says. Look at that, referencing Shakespeare in a Shakespeare-inspired episode. He's super gay. And they're like, cool, so since we told you, we won't get punished, right? And he's like, no. We're gonna kill you in battle. You're gonna die. But really, they just put them to community service. And I just gotta say... If this happened in my school, they would be suspended. Suspended! For like a week. Yeah, or at least detention. Yeah. Not but just no. picking up some trash outside the school. So, Alan wins because everything is righted. And he's taking Muffy as his plus one. Well, obviously, Megan, if you wanted something so much that you were willing to frame your friend for it, you deserve to be rewarded. Francine should be rewarded for having to deal with Muffy. 
But the thing is, Megan, as Francine says, she doesn't want to go anyway. She's going to go help the second graders with their softball. What? But the contest's over. You can't be student of the month. There's no more months. And she goes, I did it for fun. Not points. Wow. What a exactly what the end of Macbeth is like. Macbeth says as... (laughs) Turn, hellhound, turn. I I did did it for for fun, fun, not not for points. points. The intermission is that there are some students who do pennies for peace for fun and not points, and they help out at Goodwill, just like Macbeth. Yep, but that's it, Megan. We did it. Minus all the murder. I feel like they got the gist pretty well. I agree. More for the Lear episode. Oh, definitely. The Lear's themes are much better. I feel like McFrensky is a little muddled especially because no one's like a clear character in it. And there's so much in the plot that requires death. So it's kind of hard to make it kid friendly and follow the plot. The thing about McFrensky is that it deals with guilt, which is not actually, I think, a theme that much in Macbeth. It's a Lady Macbeth theme, but it's not like the main moral center of the play no it is that you kill the king and now the world is going wrong because you... i'm like the moral is the divine right of kings must be followed yes which is not a school setting no and it is also can we defy fate or is fate set in stone okay here's my thing i think having the fortune teller what's her name just coming up with random answers and not being some sort of supernatural kind of takes away a lot of what Macbeth's about. Yeah, it should just be like, whoa, did she really predict that? Yes, all you need to do is just not have her looking around the room and seeing things. She could just say a fortune. Yeah. But they didn't want to show that someone actually had prophetic (laughs) abilities on Arthur. Yeah. But I feel like that took away from the episode. Also, who's this weatherman and why is his name McDuff? He didn't stop them from their reign of terror. So ultimately, I like Never, Never, Never better than McFrensky. Yes, I agree. I think it's a much better adaptation. Yeah, because DW learns the lesson that Lear learns right before he dies. Yeah. So that arc is complete. Well, because the thing is, Macbeth doesn't learn a lesson. No. And Arthur's all about learning lessons. He gets his karmic justice done to him in that he gets killed that's not really a thing you can do on arthur now i have a game for you megan okay i'm gonna give you a shakespeare play okay and i want you to boil down to an arthur level uh yes okay othello you don't have to do the race stuff no 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 okay so an exchange student yes comes in and wants to be best friends with buster but buster's already best friends with arthur but buster and this kid really get along so arthur and i don't know dw and whoever else arthur supporting characters supporting characters are like yeah that's messed up you don't belong here but then it turns out that this kid was just misunderstood and just wanted a friend and had a lot in common with buster and they should have been fine to be friends together And you should accept outsiders and get to know them before you judge them. Yeah. Did I pass? Yeah, that sounds good. Nice. I'd watch that. I think it would be a French exchange student. That's cool. 
I don't know. Arthur seems to like France a lot. What weird line would they reference in that episode? Put money in thy purse? Yes. <laughs> it's like, do you have money? Or like, like, we're going to go to the movies. Put money in thy purse. Yeah. But like, make sure you grab some cash or yeah. whatever it'd be. I think it'd be funny. I think they'd have like an apology thing of Buster, which would be pretty reminiscent of Desdemona right before the strangling, but it would be from Buster to Arthur about like, don't be so mad. Yeah. Like I can have- I never wronged you. We can both be friends. Yeah. Let's talk. Tell me. I never said he was my best friend and you weren't. Yep. And then Arthur cuts out his own tongue. Yep. It's funny because you'd think that the exchange student was Othello, but in true Arthur fashion- No one is a solid character. Yeah. Wait, I want you to do one. Okay, give me one. Henry IV. Which one? Part one or part two? Part one. Okay. So Binky Barnes is a character in Arthur. Is that the kid who's kind of big? Yeah. That's a big kid? He's the bully. He's the actual bully. So Binky Barnes, he keeps getting into trouble. And he hangs out with the rough customers, which are two other bully-esque characters. And his mom is like... You need to stop hanging around those guys. You can't be friends with them. Look at Brain. Brain's great. Look how nice he is to his parents. You should do the same. So he listens and they're happy. No, no, (laughs) no. Uh, I think that the rough customers want to steal pudding from the school or something. Something like that. Something that... Small but bad. Or like toilet paper from the janitor's closet and then TP the school. Ooh, yeah. We kind of conflate some things Mm -hmm. and Binky ends up tricking them into thinking that he's the janitor and they don't get away with it. And he learned his lesson. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Nice. Do you have anything else you want to discuss? Uh, No, but I can say what I think Shakespeare would say (laughs) if he saw this. Besides wow moving pictures? Besides wow moving drawings. Talking animals, a work of Satan. (laughs) (laughs) I think he would say, this is no less than it seems. That's fair. It is what it is. It's Arthur. It's Arthur. It's a kid's version somewhat inspired by my work. But really, though, why is Arthur so popular? Why doesn't he have a nose? I think it's because they didn't want to just keep drawing it. MVP? Is that No, a... we're not doing it. I think the MVP is Nadine. Nadine was what I was <laughs> really? gonna say for Lear. Let's let's just say that. Yeah. I think Nadine was MVP. And I think the robot is MVP. And McFrensky. And McFrensky. That's fair. It pulled a lot of weight. So Megan, do you want to do separate ratings or combine ratings? Yeah, let's do separate. Okay. I'm not gonna be clever then. Yeah, same. Sorry. If it was combined, I'd be clever. But if it's separate, I'm not. I have to think of a four things or two things. No, thank you. So what did you think of Never, Never, Never? I would rate Never, Never, Never four non-dog members of Arthur's family <laughs> out of five nevers. I was clever. I did it. What would you rate Never, Never, Never? I would rate Never, Never, Never... The four pristine toys that DW wanted out of the five people that DW judges whether or not they love her, which would be Emily, Arthur, Mom, Tommy, and Timmy. Timmy. Yeah, nice. But also, their dad gets off scot-free from GW's wrath. 
Just isn't really much in this episode. No, he's just like, I'm a work boss. Well, Megan, their mom works more than their dad, really, because their mom is an accountant and their dad is a caterer. Well, it was just a busy catering week. Yeah, it's a catering season, man. Weddings. It's wedding season. Yeah. Don't you know it's like June 16th? Marquez, what would you rate McFrensky? I don't know, three out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being clever for that one. That, that first one took all my brain power. Yeah, maybe two out of five, 2.5 out of five. Let's go with 2.5 out of five, like half, 50%. Yeah. Megan, what would you rate McFrensky? I would rate it one robot toy out of two cheat sheets. That's the same score. Yeah, we did the same score for both of them. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think that that's gonna do it for us here on this week's episode of Avant Bard. If you liked what you heard, please follow us on all social media platforms at Avant Bard Pod. And if you really like what you heard, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash avantbardpod. Bloopers for this week's episode will be posted next week. But until then, we will see you anon. Avant Bard is created by Matthew James Marquez and Megan Charlotte. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash avantbardpod. We would like to thank Riley Allen for the creation of our theme music, Cloverkin for our logo artwork, and everyone in the audience for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Avant Bard, you can visit us on all social media platforms at Avant Bard Pod.